This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everyone. I hope the day is treating you well and you're having a great day. Coach Chris Cotton here from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, where we work hard to support your financial success. As I record this this morning, I'm sitting at the Weston La Paloma Resort in Tucson, Arizona, getting ready to start day two of the Service Center Scholars 20 group meeting. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. The sun's rising. I hope it's equally as gorgeous where you are right now. So as we get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from what I'm talking about today. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk shop, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. Before we get started, though, with episode 50, Auto Shop Profits and Cash Flow, I'd like to take a quick second to give a shout out and thank our sponsor, AutoLeap. Do you find it hard to manage the day-to-day at your repair shop? AutoLeap is here to make your life easier. AutoLeap is a modern, sleek, cutting-edge software for all your shop management needs. Say goodbye to stacks of paper and hello to your future. Streamline your daily processes, build stronger relationships with your customers, and turbocharge your growth, all with AutoLeap. What are you waiting for? Make the jump to the future of auto repair software with AutoLeap. Check them out at www.autoleap.com. You can also go to our show notes for the link as well. This is a big deal for me. This is this has been something that I focused on for a long time. I really, really enjoy teaching this topic as much or better as tires. I know it's kind of hard to believe. If I could sit back and give you one thing for your repair shop that could make all the difference in the world, an auto shop profits and cash flow system for you would be it. That's that's what I would want to share and present to you and and gift you if I could the ability to do that. So what I want you to take away from this is I want you to understand why you need to put your profits first. I also need you to understand why putting profits first is important. I'm going to talk about how to set up your bank accounts, how to start making allocations. I'm going to give you a better understanding of your income statement, of what it means when accounts are over and short. And, and I want you to have a commitment to implementing this process and procedure. And I want you to think in your head, when when are you going to have it completed? Just like in anything, getting started is the hard part. Once you get started, you should have the whole process implemented in less than a month. Okay? So, Chris, why a cash flow process? Most business owners have processes and procedures regarding most things, but I run across very few that have a process and procedure about the, the most important thing, which is a cash flow process. So hopefully most of you listeners out there have employee handbooks, clock in and clock out procedures, and probably 20 other procedures. But how many of you actually have a cash flow procedure? Do you have rules that you stick to no matter what regarding your business's money? As we get into this a little bit further, you know, what is auto shop profits and cash flow? Again, it's a cash flow management process. And the process helps you put guardrails in place so that you can track and measure where your money goes. If you put it in the right place, it works for you. And when you when you do, you can make sure that you have the cash you need when you need it. Okay. As we think about this process and as we work through this process, the process in and of itself isn't going to show you how to make a profit, but it'll show you which categories you're overspending or underspending in and, and how to shift it to those right spots. 
this process again, it gives you control over your money and lets you spend it how you need to spend it. Now, remember, I said how you need to spend it. I didn't say how you want to spend it. It's no shiny toolboxes. If you don't have the money for shiny toolboxes, you don't get to buy one. If you really, really want a new scan tool but don't need one, you look at this and you say, oh, is that money available? Okay. And again, it's great. It's what we've all been taught, but that's not how I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it this way. Sales minus profit equals expenses. We're going to get paid first. We're going to take our money and we're going to figure out the rest of the business. If we're thinking about the gap formula, profit's always at the bottom. It's last and it's very seldom there. I remember a time when I went through and at the end of the year, I was showing $90,000 in profit. I went to the account and I'm like, where the hell is all this money? I want to take it out of the bank. I want to go roll around on it for a little bit, drive it around in a wheelbarrow and I bring it back, I'll promise. But he's like, oh, that's just what your business shows. That's, that doesn't have anything to do with me. He goes, I don't know how you do that or whatever, but he didn't even offer me a way to learn how to do that. I think it would have been great on his part, but for me, it created some problems because also at the end of the year, I got a tax bill that I couldn't pay because I didn't have that money set aside. And, and that's part of the process, right? If we think about gap for a minute, it's simple, it's logical and clear, but unfortunately, it's a lie. The formula, while accurate, it doesn't account for human behavior. And that's where things get tricky is the human behavior product. In the gap formula, profit's a leftover. It's a final consideration. It's something that's a, like maybe a nice surprise at the end of the year, but the profit's rarely there and the business continues on a lot of times in just survival mode from check to check. Okay. The other thing I want you shop owners to understand is it's okay to pay yourself first. It's not a sin to make and keep a profit in your business. I want you to stop feeling sorry for being a business owner. I, right now, in this minute, am empowering you to make and keep a profit. And if anybody says so, or if you feel bad, think about it and be like, hey, Chris said so. For far too long as an industry, we put ourselves last, which is great. It speaks to what great people everyone is. But more often than not, shop owners and their families are finishing last because of it. It's time to put a stop to it. Okay. Before we get into this, I want to talk about Parkinson's law for just a minute. So Parkinson's law um, came from an author, C. Northcott Parkinson. He theorized that our demand for a resource increases to meet the supply of it. What that means is when we're given two weeks to do a project, it takes two weeks to do that project. And when we're given eight weeks to do the same project, it takes eight weeks. And so to put it in money terms, if somebody gives you $1,000 to budget or spend on something, then we'll spend it and get that done in $1,000. But if somebody gives you $10,000 to complete the same work, it takes $10,000. So, so how do we fix this? We fix this through portion control. I want you to think of a plate. The plate size in America, studies have found, has increased in 20 you know, 22% over the last century. It's gone from 9.6 inches to almost 12 inches. Entrepreneurs try to force themselves to become better at accounting and to become more disciplined by pure willpower. So in a moment of stress, auto shop owners tend to break their own rules and spend the money that they have. So again, this takes us back. If you utilize a cash flow strategy and process, you don't have to change your habits because that's nearly impossible to do. You need to work within your existing habits by first allocating money to the different accounts and then removing the temptation to borrow from yourself, all right? 
So another topic or bullet point that I have in here that seems to get a lot of shop owners in trouble. And I don't think, I don't think people start out doing this maliciously or, or thinking of it this way, but they see this extra money in there. And rather than do what they're supposed to do with it, they keep it. And then six, 12 months later, they get in trouble over it. Anybody know what that is? That's the tax man coming to knock on your door and break it down because you spent all the pass-through money that you've been collecting and that you may or may not have been reporting. And now the, now the, the state and local taxes want their $15,000, $20,000, $60,000, $100,000. And those people, have, those people are no joke. You're way more likely to get audited and shut down by the tax department in your state than you are the, the federal government. If you don't take anything else from this, sales tax doesn't belong to you. Sales tax is a tax. It comes out before you do anything. It's a pass-through. As the money comes in, one of the first things we're going to do is send that sales tax straight to its final resting place before we process it. Okay? If we can, we're going to send it to a separate bank account and a separate bank out of sight, out of, sight, out of mind. So when we think about allocations and allocating these dollars, we're going to start... I want you to think of it in several different accounts. And I want you to think of these, these individual categories as an account. So these numbers have shifted a little bit in the last year or so. So I just re- recently updated these. OPEX or operating expenses, about 35%. And all of this is, is percentage of sales because that's how we're going to take this out. Parts, about 23% of sales. Payroll, 35% of sales. That's payroll for everybody, including you. That includes the tax and benefit load, everything. IRS tax, we're going to send, we're going to set that 3% aside as well. Debt, 2% and profit, 2%. But, but realize these different accounts, if you have no debt on the business, we can add all that amount to profit. If your operating expenses is actually 30%, then we can take that 5% and allocate it either to profit or maybe your payroll is a little bit higher. Each individual shop is going to be a little bit different. You notice one thing I didn't say in there. I didn't say sales tax because sales tax, we've already taken it out. It's already to your state and local government and we're moving from there. So stopping to talk about payroll for just a minute, that 35% number used to be about 30%. But in the last year to 18 months, we've had to pay more for employees and employee retention and keeping everybody happy. Originally, back in the in the I'm not going to call them good old days because they weren't good old days. We we need to evolve and take care of our employees better. But back when all you were doing was FICA food, a suit, and uniforms, your tax and benefit load was like 18.7%. So on a technician that you're paying an hourly wage of $25 to, the actual cost of that technician was about $29.66 or about $61,700 a year. But if we look at that now, I've got a lot of shops that their total tech cost with tax and benefit load is like 41, 42%. So if you take that same $25 an hour technician, now his tax and benefit load or his total compensation package is 35, 26 an hour. And he went from 66, seven to 73, four. That just gives, you know, a little bit of difference. And that's why that, that one number has shifted. So we talked about OPEX and all the the other categories. I want you to think for just a minute. Like I also talked about profit and debt, but but what other categories can you come up with or would you like in your business? So what'd you come up with? I was teaching a 
a class once and a guy's like, I really want to buy an airplane. I'm like, that's fine. I go, when you have the business set up and correctly, let's add an airplane account to it and, and let's go get you that airplane, brother. I'm all about um, achieving goals and getting where we want to be. So if you want an airplane, I want you to have an airplane. I also want your family to eat and I want all your employees' families to eat as well. This takes us into income statements because before we can get the allocations, we have to make sure that we're, we have to make sure that our income statement is legible, readable, so that we know where these categories are and how, and how they are. There's some great uh, people out there that have um, podcasts. Hunt Demerst is a new one through the, the aftermarket radio network. I'll try to maybe look at his and we can put them in some, sh- in the show notes. But basically when you have your income statement laid out, you know, if we're looking at a sample income statement, you're going to have five categories at the top in your income. You're going to have parts, labor, tires, sublet, shop supplies. And so your cost of goods sold, you have to have offsetting accounts for all of those. So you have to have a parts cost of goods sold, a tire cost of goods sold, a labor cost of goods sold, sublet and shop supplies cost of goods sold. If you do that, you also need to include, like we just talked about, your technician's labor and those things. And then, of course, your OPEX or operating expenses, you've got like accounting, advertising, attorney, bank fees, coaching, computer, dues and subscription, equipment, equipment rental, fuel, insurance, interest expense, meals and entertainment, office expenses, rent, security, travel, utilities. And what have I forgot? Oh, payroll. Payroll for you. You should also have your service advisors on a separate line with their tax and benefit load and the owner. If you're planning on selling the business at some point, you're going to want to prove slash show to somebody what you've been paying yourself. So you can call it owner pay. You can call it, call it El Jefe, whatever you want to do, but you need to, anything that the business pays to you needs to be with you in that category. Okay. Back to figuring your own allocations. When you go to figure your own allocations, you have to do the income statement review. So it has to be in a format that's readable and legible. That's one of the first things we do. We slice up the income statements into the correct format. Then we find what your current percentages are. You may have 45% operating expenses and your parts, your parts may be 18% as a percentage of sale, which is great. So maybe what we, we go through and look at, or not maybe, this is exactly what we go through and look at is we go through and see where you're high, where we can bring it back down and where we can allocate that. So if everything else stays the same and we're able to reduce our operating expenses by 5%, then that 5% can go into profit, debt, the plane account, wherever you want to be. Also, if you're managing debt and just trying to reduce the debt out of the business, you can get rid of that profit account and put it all towards debt to get that repaid. I had a client that we got through there and he's like, Chris, the family's fine. I'm fine. I want to get rid of the debt. So we took everything that we were taking, taking towards profit and allocated towards debt. And then as we reduced those operating expense numbers, we threw towards debt. And in one year, the business was debt free, still continues and runs to be debt free today. So after we slice up our income statements into the correct format, we find our percentages. And then, like I said, reduce the percentages. I have an allocation worksheet that I make for my clients when we do auto shop profits and cash flow implementation. And what we do is we have everything in there. After you take your sales tax out, you say we take 
$20,000, we say. And then we slice and dice that $20,000 up among the other accounts. And then, and then that money's in there and that's what we have to pay for that. So again, as sales come in, we take our profits first. If we're, if we're doing a profit account, after we flow the sales tax out, and then we make the appropriate allocations to the appropriate accounts. I do this in my business. For me, I do it once a week, Monday morning, after all those deposits hit. I have some shop owners that do it every day, every other day, but most of them do it once a week. So we talked about the allocations and, and where those things are at. But what happens if we have an account that's always short? Well, if you have an account that's short, Say parts, for example, like you can't ever quite pay your parts bill or or we're off, typically means that our margins aren't good enough on parts. It could also mean that maybe we have a lot of parts sitting on the shelf that we ordered that we didn't get returned and and some other things. There's a couple of different things that can do that. And then so each one of those different categories has things that if it's short, could be affecting that. And, and then two, if you're long in an account, that's great. You get to change that and take that money and put it elsewhere for your business. So now down to the implementation side of things. The, the first thing we have to do at this point, we've gone through, we've looked, we've set the allocations and we know kind of where we need to be with all that. So now it's time to research and decide on a bank. Okay. This is always the hardest step. Everything else I'm going to talk to you about is, is easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? The bank account setup is the most difficult thing that you do. We want several accounts, all with no fees for having a zero balance. And, and tell them we're looking to have up to six accounts in either one bank and three at another. Um, there are several banks that you can negotiate with. Usually the credit unions are pretty good about this. I still have shop owners that go in and talk to banks and they talk to them, tell them what process they want to do. And it's just crickets like they've never heard of it. I just recently switched banks and the the lady didn't understand how I moved money around in my business. And I tried to teach her and show her, but she was just not. I mean, it was so far over her head. It was funny. And, and this is a lady that works at a bank. But if you look around and look hard enough, you will find a bank that wants to deal with you. And if you only find one bank, I know I talk about setting up two banks. I'm okay with having two setups is what I'll call them in one bank. So you have one account that has the six main bank accounts in it, but I want you to have a separate login and password for this other account that has the other three in it. Okay. This is always the hardest step is the bank account setup. As far as like the sales tax, tax hold and profit hold go, you should have savings accounts for those. I know you're not going to get a lot in it, but you might as well be getting something with it if you can. I'm also okay with you having a credit card that you use for parts if you're collecting points, et cetera. But the second you get that statement, I want it paid off with the money that you have set aside in the parts account. I don't want you using the credit card to float the business. Also, if you want to pay that credit card every week, then then you can. Chris, people are like, their eyes fluttered up at two banks and everything else. So why two banks? I want it to be out of sight, out of mind. I want the hold account somewhere where we aren't tempted to get at that money and use it. Okay. We figured out our allocations. We've got our bank accounts set up and ready to go. Now it's time to alert your accountant. And you can move this to earlier if you want to. Here's the thing. The accountant gets on board or you get another accountant, period, end of story. You own the business, you run the business, you want it done a, a, a certain way. Do not let that accountant or anyone else for that matter hold you back. 
so basically what I'm saying is, again, your accountant gets on board or you get another accountant. I'm going to pause for just a minute here and ask you, how long does it take you to get your income statement? If any of you just thought and said, oh, it takes me two months to get my income statement, that's too long. Demand it in less time. And if your accountant or bookkeeper can't do it, get another accountant or bookkeeper. I'll also say that I would almost always wish that you or somebody in your business does 99% of your your day-to-day bookkeeping. It's really important for somebody in the business to have a grasp of the numbers. But if you don't, if you are with an accountant or bookkeeper, do not, do not, do not let them hold you hostage. You cannot make good business decisions if you only see your income statement or PRL once a year. You need to be looking at that. I obsessed over mine daily when I had my shop, but you need to be looking at it weekly at the end of the month. Like, And so I say all this like it's the accountant's fault. A lot of times it's the shop owner's fault. So if you're the shop owner that throws a box of receipts at your accountant once a year, every six months, then shame on you. You have to get out of that habit. So if the accountant or bookkeeper has all the information and it's taken that long, find another one. Okay. So now we've alerted the accountant and we've talked to the banks. Our accounts are open. We're ready to flow money into those. And so now it's as easy as putting money in the Google Doc, $20,000 in, and it slices and dices. It's time to make the allocation. So at the end of the week, sales tax money gets turned over. If you have a great point of sale system, you just look it up. Oh, my sales tax for the week was $2,481.32. That money automatically goes to sales tax or sales tax. Could be an attack from the sales tax department. After that, all your other allocations take place. That whole process should be like less than five minutes. And all this is, is about building and keeping a rhythm. And once you get in the rhythm, keep it up. So we're going to keep those tip, those those allocations up typically for a quarter. And then at the end of the quarter, we make small adjustments. But if it looks like, man, like every week for three whole months, you cut some operating expenses that after that first quarter, we may need to pull 5% out of operating expenses or somewhere and move it somewhere else. Okay. Typically we come up with a four, eight or 12 quarter plan for most businesses, but I have a good mind of where we started. I've done over a hundred implementations at this point. And it's a fairly easy process. Again, setting the bank accounts up is the hardest thing. So now we're into this where we're making allocations, we're moving things along. So what what are we working on now? So the next thing we need to do is cut expenses. Like a lot of times in business, we get so busy, we say yes to all these different things. And then we have people that, that come in, do things. The uniform people is a great example. I don't know how many of you people out there have a uniform company and it was like $140 a week or every two weeks in the beginning. But now you look at look at it 18 months later, now it's $212. Well, where did the creep come in? So we're looking at all of our expenses and and we're looking at them to make the determination what we want to do with these expenses moving forward. And so I'm not telling you to review them all at once, because if you review them all at once, your your brain will explode and you won't be able to focus on all of it. So if we're thinking about smaller plates and, and doing things in a small way, 
what I want you to do is hopefully all of those old bills were out of an account. I, I don't want you to use your old bank account in this new process at all. Let me say that. So if we do that, once we move our money over, we're going to we're going to zero that account out and then we're going to tell the bank, look, I don't want any overdraft fees or anything on this bank account. I've zeroed it out for a purpose. We're leaving it at zero. So when that happens, when people go to make all those auto drafts, automatic bill pays and everything, it's on a zeroed out account. And if they really want your business, they're going to call you and be like, hey, what's going on? And then at that point, you stop, you research what that is, what it was. If you have your ammo ready and be like, hey, uniform guy, why did my stuff double or or whatever? You know, people have dues and subscriptions. I, I have an insane amount of dues and subscriptions every month. I'm sure everybody else does. It just automatically comes out. So I want you to make sure that your current operating expense account is zeroed out. As people call wondering what is up at that time, then you make a determination if you can live without it, et cetera. You make the rules. Make your vendors work within your processes. Okay. So the main thing I want you to take out of that, pay only what is necessary and everything else goes away. If it's not necessary, if we don't need it for the business, we don't need it. We'll take that money and do something else with it. I want to talk about the flow, like what this looks like for just a little bit. We talked about all the individual accounts a minute ago, but one account I didn't talk about is the income account. So the income account is going to be where all the cash and and check deposits if anybody actually takes any checks anymore goes into and that's where all of your credit card and debit card payment goes into so you're going to have an income account you're going to have a tax account a debt account a profit account an operating expense account a parts account a payroll account a sales tax account and then you're going to have in also for your quarterly deposits you're going to have a tax account, a profit account, like a holding account. Okay. This makes sense. If you've, if you've seen some of my webinars and everything, I have a good chart. That's an allocation flow chart for it that you can go through and see. And so to hopefully try and paint a picture of this for you, you, you do the work, you make an invoice, you get paid and that invoice comes into your income account. The very first thing we're going to do is after it hits our income account, or income account, we're going to flow that money out to sales tax. And then we make our allocations. We make our allocations to payroll, parts, operating expenses, profit, debt, and tax. All that happens weekly. Okay. Also, as we move through here, we have our quarterly. And so every quarter, we're going to take our disbursement from profits to you personally, if you have it, as half. So if it's $10,000, you're going to cut yourself a check for $5,000 and then put the other $5,000 in the profit hold account. And then for the tax hold, you're also going to put that, you're going to move it from your, your quarterly account to your tax hold account. Also, if you just want to leave that in there, as long as you're not going to touch it, you can put it in there. And then at the end of the year, after you get your final taxes done, if this 3%, 5%, 4%, whatever it was we were set aside for taxes, if you only need, if you got $40,000 in there and your taxes are only $36,000, then you can take that as a disbursement. Okay. So it's kind of hard to get through in a podcast episode without you seeing it, but it's doable. And if you look or let me know, you can also send me an email, chris at autofixsos.com. 
hey, I don't understand this allocation chart. Can you send it to me and I'll email it to you? Also, I haven't done a real good job of yet of of talking about how how we're going to pay our bills. The other thing is pay your bills on your time schedule. The way I did it, I just had a huge stack of invoices on the corner. I looked at it. If I had $30,000 in the account, I paid $30,000 worth of invoices. It was like a big Tetris puzzle. I'm like, okay, does this fit? Does this fit? Does this fit? And at the end of the day, I was like almost zeroed out. I want you to get in the rhythm of paying your bills on the 10th and the 25th. If you have auto debits or auto draws, have them come out on the 10th or the 25th. The other thing is if you want to just tell everybody, hey, I pay my bills on the 25th, that's fine. I want you to let these accounts build up that you can and then pay them on your time, on your schedule. Now, I know payroll, you got to do that weekly or every two weeks, but the rest of them you can set up on the 10th and the 25th. Okay. We're going to, again, we're going to make quarterly adjustments at the end of each quarter. And if you didn't hear it or didn't understand earlier, we have a profit hold account. So at the end of the, at the end of the quarter, so as I'm doing this, we're, we're getting ready to get into March. And at the end of March, the shop owners and everybody that I work with that does this, they're going to take half of the profit, give that to yourself. And the other half goes to profit hold. We're going to save that till the end of the year, just to make sure. Also tax hold at the end of each quarter, you're going to take your tax. This is not to be confused with sales tax. This is tax for the business and you're going to move it to the tax hold. This is for company taxes. After your taxes are paid for the year to Uncle Sam, you can keep the rest. Okay. I want you to remember slow and steady wins the race. Start small, but start. I want you to make this a habit. This is how we, this is how we get going. We make it a habit and then we move forward. Okay. I really want you to think about this. I really want you to implement it. Again, like I said, I think it's probably the most important thing that I could give to you as a coach and as Chris Cotton. If, if I can give you this and, put, and have you put it in place, it'll help out immensely. Okay? Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to listen, everybody. If you haven't found us on Apple Podcasts and our Spotify and followed us for free, then why the hell not? I'm sure there's someone you care about who can benefit from our talk. So please feel free to share or forward this episode on to them. Again, this has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching with your weekly blitz. If you find yourself struggling in your auto repair business or have a feeling like you don't know what you don't know, but you're eager to learn and grow your business, then please feel free to reach out to me, Chris at AutofixSOS.com or call me at 940-400-1008. Time to get out and rise and grind, everybody. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarkets.